Hola Madridistas, welcome to our preview for the UCL group stage match where we're going to be hosting our Portuguese neighbors SC Braga. We have a very special guest today uh, from the Setienta Oito channel, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, this time did I actually get the name right or how did I do? Yep, yep, bang on, bang on. <laughs> bang on, all right, let's go. Uh, but yeah, before we begin, uh, let us know, uh, tell us what's your story, how did you get started with the channel and what the channel is all about. Yeah, so basically, the channel started uh, as a, just a podcast with the name Mushpenenka and another little few initiatives that nowadays not going as much forward with. Uh, I only got into it about a year ago, and since then we've actually rebranded the channel now to Stinta Yoitu, where we've kept the name of the podcast the same with the new thing that we're going to also record on our side called Iropa Penenka to find out more about independent projects about clubs around Europe. But uh, yeah, now under Stinta Yoitu, we do uh, various different things to explore not only Portuguese football, but the national team as well and the league, uh, such as we're on TikTok, Instagram. Uh, we do a little bit of everything, which is not so common in our space. And we're actually currently one of the most heard independent podcasts surrounding football in a country which we're quite proud of and the thing that makes us quite unique is we're all um or at least everyone who's writing and that's involved in the page we're about around 15 at the moment all students all with around the same goal all the same mentality we just like talking about the sport and uh yeah that's basically our story for now we're ever growing we will see how we how it goes from now yeah, hopefully we get you a few subscribers from our viewer base. Uh, all of the links are down in the description below if you guys want to follow Kevin and uh, Sitiento Oito. And, but before we get into, you know, the actual preview, uh, we also have the rest of the star-studded panel. Let's welcome them. Farouk and Mo, how are you guys doing? Mo, I'll come to you first because, you know, I I'm going to wait uh, to get Farouk's thoughts on the Rayo game as well. But Mo, how are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I'm fine totally, you know, the thing is like today I, I feel like awestruck because on one hand we have Kevin, you know, representing Braha and Portuguese football in general and then on the other side we have the always awesome Farouk. So yeah, yeah. with Farouk in the building you just you just have to take a back seat and, you know, listen to greatness. Yeah, that, that's what I do in every single play, you just listen to greatness. Come on, Jacob. You see the way you introduced Kevin, and you never introduced me like that. We've been doing this for more than you. Like, like you never said like, "Oh, there's a special guest and this and that." Come on, man. Like, what greatness are you sitting if you're not, you know, admitting? I, I, you can, have to, I, you know, I can do an intro. Uh, so, yeah. No, and Farouk, I got your back. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. You got me. Yeah, man. It's 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 all good, man. You were talking about the Rio game. The Rio game was, you know just the i think it was more of what i expected the season to look like you know a lot of chances that's not being finished and i think actually the thing i agree the most with when you guys did the port mass port the port the post match you know port was when mo said you know like osiro is a striker that is good enough to be the second video not the first video like when you have osiro as your starting striker like this is what you expect to happen you know and it's quite interesting because for me like i felt like the rio game was one of the games i think that we had the most chances throughout the i i, I think at least if i remember correctly like it's one of, I think, maybe the second or the third game we had the most chances that I can remember, and we still just couldn't finish anything. So that's the thing, like, you know, it's 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 it's, it's looking bleak, honestly. And just the day before, we had Hurricane scoring three against Borussia Dortmund, you know. 
it is you know it's it's what could have been you know unfortunately mm-hmm. well, it's going to be the story of our season what could have been <laughs> farooq and his love for kane is going to be you know an overriding theme this season Definitely. I mean, come on, the man was there for a hundred million, man. Like, why not go get him? Like, I understand he's old and what is and what is not. Like, he's as guaranteed goals as there is ever a guarantee of goals. Yeah. Right, Kevin. Uh, before we head into the Braha side of things, um, whenever we have a new guest, we like to play a short game of rapid-fire questions. Uh, you feeling up to that? Ah, I can try. I can try. I can't promise much. I mean, it's going to be easy questions. I'm pretty sure we're going to be yeah, on You don't have to it. waste on an exam, you know. You don't pass off it. <laughs> you know, but, you know, uh, Farouk is a slam and he's going to be smiling, but then he's going to judge you silently, you know. So, be careful. I expect nothing less. After the introduction, he's already got a, ju- a grudge against me. <laughs> I'm a peace man, man. I come in peace. All right. Uh, so, Kevin, you ready? Uh, yeah, let's go. Okay, first question. Uh, what's your all-time favorite moment in the UCL? Can be any Portuguese club or even the EPL. Doesn't Oof. matter. I have to say, I, I'm going to come clean. I'm not a Braga fan. I'm a Sporting fan. Mm-hmm. And it has to be Sporting free. Uh, Dortmund won in the stadium. It's the second time only in a history that we go past the ra- to the round of 16. Um, yeah, amazing night. I don't think anyone gave us too much of a chance in that game and uh, yeah Dortmund had their players out but brilliant game overall atmosphere was amazing yeah history we'll ignore what happened against Manchester City in the next round but yeah, yeah. yeah has to be that yeah that's not a bad moment uh, so second question so who's your favorite player who's played in Liga Portugal till now oh I'm going to go for Freddy Montero. He was a Colombian striker that Sporting had. Um, definitely not the best, not the most consistent, but when he was on his day, he was just vibes. He's one of those players that none of your supporters are going to say, yeah, he was the best. But when he touched the ball, he had that sort of ability about him. He's he's a play, he's a fans player, sort of. Mm-hmm. Well, have you guys uh, seen him in action? No, I've just heard of him. I've never seen actually watched him play. You know, the thing is, like, I don't really watch a lot of you know the Portuguese league. So, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just as naive about it as you guys. Yeah. All right. We'll catch some highlights after this uh, episode. But yeah, definitely. Third question for uh, Kevin: uh, Do you have a second team in the EPL or in La Liga? And for some reason, I have a feeling it's going to be Arsenal. You just give off that vibes, you know. You got it bang on, actually. Oh, yeah. You actually got it straight on, yes. Yeah, I'd say Arsenal all day in England. Spanish League, I don't necessarily have an allegiance. I have friends, very close friends from both sides. So I try not to get too much involved. But uh, yeah, we uh, Sporting have also played Real Madrid and Barcelona and Atletico Madrid in recent years. Lost all three of them, so... Yeah, anyone's pick. Yeah, no, but Sporting's you know uh, biggest heroes play for Madrid, so I guess you know you should have an affinity for us. <laughs> I would, but you know what? We were winning one nil in that game at the Bernabeu, and you remember what happened? Yeah, I do. Ronaldo scores, and then Morata <laughs> scores last minute. 
I was yeah. crying. I was crying <laughs> that game. Yeah, I remember that. I, I mean, a lot of fond memories. No, the the yeah. whole season, the whole season is definitely pretty good. You know, if I had been in your place, probably do the same. So. Oh no, we we were witnessing greatness in that game, and I think Sporting played quite well for what we could have done. Uh, Gelson Martinez had his moments. I remember uh, William Carvalho had a good game, but look, Real Madrid in the in the Champions League is a different thing. Doesn't matter what happens, they'll always get their way in the end. <laughs> I mean, we should be thanking you for the kind words. Eh? Yeah, yeah, I wish I had your confidence, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, this might be a little bit more difficult, but who knows? For for us, the thing is like as good as our team can be, the the worst performance gets us crying. You know, we'll be mourning after every game. So, yeah, hundred percent. All right. Uh, next stadium is going to be quite specific to Braha, uh, Kevin. Uh, have you actually been yep. to the Estadio Municipal, and how's the vibe if you have been there? I have not. Um, usually, when I go to, back to Portugal. I go to the south, uh, Braga is up north, and uh, usually it's one of the best away days to go to. The stadium's a little bit in the middle of nowhere. It's a little bit difficult to get tickets to go to. Uh, for the people who go on like the, the journey with the fans to the stadium, uh, it's a long walk. There's a lot of stairs. It's a very unique stadium with the, the backdrop of the, the rocks. You all saw it in the, in the first leg between the teams. It's one I want to go to, but unfortunately, I haven't had the the opportunity yet. No. And how does the, have you actually uh, ever been to the Bernabeu? Yeah. Bernabeu. I wish, I I tried, I tried to go to that away game, but yeah, too difficult. When when there's an away game, a big European away game, usually they give the tickets in an order of whoever has a season ticket for the most time. Obviously, I don't live in Portugal. I don't have one, so. It's quite difficult for me to get the away day tickets. Uh, getting a ticket to the Bernabeu from the home team is also pretty difficult. Yeah, yeah, as you could imagine. Yeah, it's a little bit of the same circumstance and different sides. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, if you're happy, I I do have more questions, but if you're like all loosened up and ready to get into the gist of things, <laughs> let's. Just I go don't right mind in. either way, guys. We can do this your way. I don't mind. <laughs> Yeah, man, let's, uh, let's get right into it, just in the interest of time. So, going to come to you, Farouk. Uh, so, did you catch the Braha away game that we had? And what was your take on it? Uh, I think they scored six, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, like uh, our, our game. Uh, Real oh, you mean the Braha. first thing? Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry, the first thing, the first thing. Uh, unfortunately, no, actually. Oh, you didn't catch the game, okay. Because, More yeah, yeah, actually, I went to watch Inter Salzburg, so I could not watch that yeah such is the state of madrid fans eh? yeah skipping champions unbelievable games. unbelievable <laughs> oh what can i see it, yeah, i had a better offer on the table mm. <laughs> no jacob but uh, but i i managed to guys the game i i must say that i really like watching almostrati play for braha because that was, that was one guy like even coming into the game everybody was talking about like he's a good player so that was one player i really wanted to watch and i was pretty you know, uh, I was actually pretty impressed by what I saw in the game from him. For me, it was uh, even previewing it. We did not have Kevin for it, but then we did what we could. So we were just taking a look at the front line and it was all dynamic, all fast players. They're kind of experienced, uh, but not really that old as well. Banza, Horta, Diallo, all of those guys. And I 
thought they would be a real threat and they were proven right it was a very open game um but uh, more did you actually feel like we could have lost that one oh you're asking me yeah yeah no i i i felt that we had a, a little bit of a scare towards the end because i i don't remember the goal scorer's name it was jalo or what yeah it was jalo yeah <clears throat> okay so the guy the, the funny thing about him is like he's a barcelona fan who was born in madrid his father was a madrid fan but you know just to spite his father he became a barcelona fan so that was pretty funny but the fact that he scored and you know it, it put us in a bit of a pickle especially after bellingham had put us two up so i thought like you know this is a typical real madrid you know do well and then com- get complacent at the end and you know uh let it go but overall i didn't really feel that we would go on to lose it would Braha come back and draw? Uh, you know, I wouldn't have ruled it out because we've seen in Champions League past Real Madrid uh, facing, you know, uh, opponents of not that high caliber with all due respect to Braha. Uh, we have a tendency to mess it up. And when, you know, as we were talking about the 16 17 season, uh, we saw that Real Madrid, you know, always uh, drew with Dortmund in the third and fourth game and, you know, finished second in the group stage. So, with that in mind, yeah, probably that was something that was back in my mind. But uh, Overall, I was pretty convinced that Ramadan is somehow going to sneak this one through. Mm-hmm. Kevin, did you have the same feeling? Did you ever feel like Braha could have done better or the play, team played to its highest potential on that night? Braga, in my opinion, is very, as we say in, in Portuguese, it's 8 or 80. You, you get two sides of a spectrum with this team. Um, if, if you see the statistics of them in the league, they've got the most goals scored, but they've got more goals conceded than teams in like 15th, 16th. Uh, the defense is awful to be quite kind to them. So when you when you see the Braga are going to face Real Madrid, even being at home, and the way that they like to play, uh, break up the game and try and hit on the counter with those fast dynamic players, as you said, uh, you get very worried or you get very excited, depending what side that you're on. Um, I thought they did quite well. All things considered, uh, Real Madrid, obviously, uh, Bellingham is inevitable, as we've found out way too many times in recent weeks. Um, I don't think at any point it looked like they were going to lose. Although Braga did have a fair g- few good chances. Um, Al-Nusrati had a decent game. It's far from his best. I mean, Real Madrid's midfield just looked a lot more composed for the situation and Braga seemed like they were happy to let the game get into that sort of state well where Real Madrid will get the ball but they try and hit them and break it up instead of try and control it themselves which usually with them trying to play a higher line with defenders that one don't have the pace two don't have the experience three don't really have the quality for this stage it can be quite dangerous so I don't think either side will be too upset with how the game went. I don't think Braga can ask realistically for too much more. And really, I think every single fan of Braga was just thinking, we're going to get Real Madrid coming to our stadium, which, as I said, it's not in the best location. It's not something that any Braga fan would have dreamed about 20 years ago. And it's just more of a sign of how far the club has come. So even I'm escaping a little bit from how the game went, but for a Braga fan, that's what they would have been thinking. And they would have been happy with the performance, all things considered. Even though, yeah, maybe one or two chances chances could have gone their way and a miracle could have happened. 
I don't think either Real Madrid fan or Braga fan can be too upset at how the game went. And yeah, obviously we're going to get into it in a minute, but at home we do sort of wait for a different story if you're a Real Madrid fan. And even the most optimistic Braga fan is going to think the same. And how about the overall uh, Champions League campaign? Uh, do you guys do you actually think uh, Braga has a chance of qualifying uh, above Napoli or even... Uh, just for the UEFA Europa League is more realistic. I think the the aim was always to go for the Europa League. Obviously, Union Berlin is not in the best situation right now. Quite a few losses on on the spin, um, and then Napoli, they've obviously not been themselves since uh, they lost their manager, went for Rudy Garcia, who I think any single football fan was thinking what and why. So, as much as you do expect Napoli still to get that second place spot just because of the experience, just because of the quality that they have and the different realities of both clubs, I don't think it's totally unrealistic for Braga to think if Union Berlin helps them out in the next game and maybe Braga pinches a draw here or there. Look, it could all depend on the game between Braga and Napoli and they could go for a very unexpected second place. Um they're facing two clubs in a very bad moment. And Braga, they've got the same points as last season at this stage in the league. And that's basically their best season ever, points-wise. So, you know, why not? They can dare to dream. Yeah. Always good. Especially when things aren't going exactly the way you want in the league, right? And you mentioned they had the same number of points as last season at this point. But then how come they're yep. uh, fourth in the league? And it's almost an eight-point difference. Am I... Reading that right. So Sporting uh, are right yeah, at I believe top. They're, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure Porto and Braga have around the same points, around the 22 mark. Benfica is on 25 and Sporting on 28, I believe. Um, Braga have maintained the level. Porto haven't looked themselves, but have still managed to grind out the results. Very close games. Um, Benfica have dropped three points in comparison to last season. And obviously, they lost Gonzalo Ramos and Enzo Fernandes from this point last season. Two key players. They haven't been able to find out the dynamics to replace them. Obviously, they bought different players, but they're not exactly the same. And Sporting have come on leaps and bounds since last season. I mean, at this point last season, they had already lost to Braga at their home stadium. And lost quite a few points and were very inconsistent. They didn't put a stretch of three wins in a row. Winning and... This season, the only game that they've lost was Atalanta in the Europa League. So I don't even think it's too much Braga. Oh, their defence isn't great because their attack has been scoring the goals. I think they've even tried, they've managed to maintain the same sort of level. It's just the, the teams around them have either more or less maintained it and they've got more quality. And then you have the anomaly in this, which is Sporting, who have just gone through the roof with their signings. So. As much as you could say that Braga can do better, and they haven't really improved their defence the way that they should have done, the teams around them just haven't let them have their space. Right. Yeah. Overall, uh, I guess before we head into analysing the lineups for this match uh, uh, and uh, come to Farouk, I'll just read out some of the comments that we have. So, Siddharth Mishra, he said, so he says he could have helped with the ticket and so, Kevin, next time you want to watch a game at the Bernabeu, 
just just ping us and Sid can get you <laughs> tickets. So he has contacts at the club. I do, I do appreciate it because that was a mission that I never saw that was going to happen. So I do appreciate it very much. Yeah. And yeah, Sunair is here in the chat as well. He says Musarati is a beast and, you know, he hopes that we can see the best version of him at the Bernabeu. If Balaga have any hope of doing anything, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have Al Muslati on his best day, and sometimes he does have his off days. But when he's on it, he is very literally a beast in that midfield. Yeah. And last but not least, we have Madrid TV also in the chat. He says we need a big reaction after yesterday's draw. Hala Madrid. Heck yeah, man. We need to so, find. But Jacob, do you goals. think we're getting that reaction, that big reaction that Madrid TV is talking about? Hey, hey, let's. Why, why are you asking me? <laughs> I don't know. Man. I want to put you on the spot. You know, I want to hear your opinions. Uh, <laughs> we'll just be hosting stuff. I, I think we're gonna. <laughs> I think we're gonna get a reaction. I, I don't think it's gonna be a big reaction. I think it's gonna be more of the same. But I feel like uh, we can't be as un unlucky as in the Rio game, right? We're somehow gonna find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. So, I feel like there's gonna be goals in this game. For whom? I don't Preferred, know. do you think it's just a question of quality or luck? It's a question of quality or luck. I think it's a it's it's a question of quality, not luck, eventually, because it's it's all about the fact that how many shots on target did we have in the game? How many chances we created? You know, you look at situations and you feel like okay, like you go, you get into the situations, but then that final decision making was lacking totally. You know, you could, I can even pinpoint a lot of you know things. There were situations with Osedu, there were chances that you know a lot of slick movement between uh, what's he called. Rodrigo, Carvajal, and Freddy that led to a position. I think I can't remember who was at the end of it, but anyways, like you know, they fluffed their lines or you know stuff like that. So it's I, that's you know what I was gonna say. Like, what reaction are you looking for? It's you know the fact of uh, as Kylian Mbappe says, like you know, it's the glass ceiling. You know, like you're at the limit. Like, what do you want to happen? Like, it's just Man, that's gonna keep ex you know exceeding his xG. That's just a thing. You know. That's the only way this thing for uh, moves forward is that you know someone is going to keep exceeding the XG. That's just the only way. There is no you know kind of someone matching the quality or no. If someone has to exceed the XG, that's the only way we can you know move forward. Yeah, man. I, I, I was looking at all of these XG stats, especially since we, I felt like we lost a lot of good chances. And yes, the Rio game XG for us was two point three goals. We should have scored more than two goals. And if you look at Rodrigo's XG, it's like almost five goals he should have scored in the league. And he just has one. So hugely underperforming guys. And I, I feel like we just haven't hit that ceiling, glass ceiling, like you said, for that we have more to offer. I think we're at the glass ceiling though. This is my point. My point is that we're at the glass ceiling. Because the point is like I feel like okay, Rodrigo is underperforming, right? That's that's one thing, you know. Like I think Vinicius can still keep scoring and he will still score the 20 goals that he has scored, you know, in the season. Like it's not in like I, I okay, like his form is not back in due to the injury and all that. So the other option is like, okay, who's going to give you the goals? It's Osiru. You need Osiru to score 20 goals in the league. I don't know. Maybe you guys can correct me, but has he ever scored 20 goals in the league? I don't know. You know, and then the other option is you ha you're asking Jude to score 30 goals. You know, Jude's highest goal tally for all competitions with 40 games is 12 goals. Right now, he's already ahead of that, you know. So basically, again, it's about, you know, someone superseding all expectations and all statistics, you know. So... Basically, it's just like you're waiting for a miracle to happen. You know, this is not something that even Carlo can coach. You know, like I'm the most Carlo out person, but I know that okay, this is not his fault. Mm. Well, Mo, was, was that the answer you were expecting? 
Yeah, definitely. You know, with Farouk, you get the whole whole package. So. <laughs> you even we even got you know the fact that he's Carlo out and thrown in. So oh yeah, just casually we, we hit episode. we hit all the you know usual bangers. We are proud of this. You know, like we wait on our sleeves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's just head into the elephant in the room, right? Uh, Mo, uh, you posted about it in, on your socials. Uh, so Jude Bellingham is probably going to miss this match for sure. Yeah, there's he could potentially miss it. It's not like uh, I'm not going to say he's probably missing it. There is a potential chance for him to miss it because of, we all saw what happened against Rio. He probably he apparently dislocated his left shoulder, so the guy's in a lot of pain. I don't know. Like for me personally, I think he's pretty important for Real Madrid, and this is one of the games where you know we can at least take a risk of leaving him out. So probably giving him a rest tomorrow. From my like, it's not tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, uh, from my point of view, it's probably a good idea. Just give, let him rest, give uh, Brahim a chance, maybe, you know, because a lot of people seem to be asking this question why isn't Brahim playing? So, you know, uh, we could probably get the answer to that if Brahim actually starts a game. Uh, because I don't, uh, there was some session in the Spanish media that maybe uh, Carl Ancelotti might uh, decide to go with a 4 3 3. But for me, I don't really see that happening because Ancelotti, in one of his press conferences, he said that the, the formation that he's using with the diamond is something that he's going to stick with. So probably, you know, uh, maybe Rodrigo comes in or plays at 10 or probably Brahim comes in, plays at 10 and Jose completely drops out and, you know, Vinny and Rodrigo start. We'll see what happens on Wednesday, but, you know, we still have time. But Or maybe, you know, Jude starts anyway. So let's see what happens. But if if it was me, I would probably be going with Rodrigo or Brahim as a 10. Right. So but the Jude... question now becomes, it's like, can you, can you actually afford to leave Jude out of this formation? This is the question now. Is there any alternate? Like, is there any universe that this works without you being in it? I think ideally, what Ancelotti would have wanted was the fact that Arda Gullet didn't get injured at the start of the season, because from what I've heard, uh, Bellingham and Arda is, are the players that he wants to play as a ten. So, if um, there's a potential to be using Rodrigo as a ten, because if you remember last season and the season before, Ancelotti used to say Rodrigo's best position is centrally, right? So, having him play behind Joselu and uh, Vinicius probably could be a, a potential thing to try out. Uh, if you remember, we, we have had the discussion before as well. Uh, I think I personally said that you know Joselu Rodrigo would be best playing you know off of Joselu. So, if if that's something that Ancelotti decides to do tomorrow, you know that could also be interesting. Mm-hmm. Kevin, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So, coming from a Braha fan perspective, would you rather see like a four-three-three with Joselu up front, Rodrigo and Vinicius on the side, or just with Brahim? Uh, do you think the diamond is more of a nightmare to deal with? I think the diamond would offer more problems to Braga personally. Um, Braga, despite they'll pl- probably just play with the two in midfield and that dynamic front four, but usually in block they're quite well organised. I think playing with that 10, dragging one of the two centre-backs out of position, which are probably their weaker points, would work. But I don't know until what point Hosselu wouldn't be effective as well because uh, Vinicius and Rodrigo then would have that sort of player to play off of, maybe try and create a little bit more space for them to attack. And at the end of the day, the weak point of Braga is not so much their organisation, their midfield, their attack. It's the back four themselves. It's their quality and the way that they play together. It's not organised well enough. And individually, their characteristics just don't work together well enough. They can't do the high line, that sort of high-pressing job that Artur Jorge, what he wants in league games. 
So Champions League games, it's another whole nightmare, to, uh, especially against players of quality that they Vinicius is fighting for Ballon d'Or's top 10s. Rodrigo is one of the top talents in the world. Rosselu, look, he's not hes not the star in any means. He's not a Real Madrid striker. <laughs> to say the least. But hey, he scores, he scores goals in La Liga. He's still a dimension above what Braga will deal with on a week-to-week basis in the Portuguese league. And I don't want to disparage the Portuguese league, obviously. But re- the reality is reality. Braga do not come to this stage very often. So... I think Hosselu will would even offer a decent option, but personally, if Ancelotti feels comfortable putting someone to play that ten role, try and drag one of the centre backs out. <clears throat> I think that could really work, and Braga could suffer quite a lot because, at the end of the day, Braga have four options that can play at centre back. I don't think any combination of the four will be that effective during ninety minutes of the Bernabeu. Um, I'm as much as Vallecano did their job and managed to weather a storm. That I watched a little bit of the game, I saw the statistics afterwards. I don't think they'll have too many games that they'll have that many shots, that many chances, and not be able to put the ball in the back of the net. They score if they create that many chances against Braga, it's going to be a very long evening. So, t- personally, I would. I'd be more scared as a Braga fan to play against that false that false nine, that 10 roll, because I just don't trust that back four to be targeted and one of those centre-backs have to slot step out because be it Bellingham, Rodrigo, Vinicius and by what I saw of Brahim Diaz elsewhere, uh, they can be lethal and the space will de- be there to exploit potentially. Yeah, Kevin. Why do you say that uh, stepping out is such a bad thing for this backline? Is it because of the lack of pace or the age of the players? It's well, you've got Niakata. He's a very inconsistent defender. He has an error in him, as much as he's probably the more complete of all of the options. You have Jose Font, who's the experienced option, but the legs will not allow him to do what he wants to do anymore, and. Not, neither of the other three have the pace to compensate, necessarily. Paulo Oliveira is just a very limited centre-back. He used to be a Sporting player. I remember one game, and this was years ago when he was in his prime, we'll say, physically. Um, there was a high line playing against Dortmund, against um, Aubameyang, in his prime at Dortmund. Um, I'm pretty sure he missed about six big chances, which was just Paulo Oliveira not being able to deal with for one second that pace and all the physicality and with the ball he's long ball and hope for the best to be very kind to him and then you have Sachi who's about 20 years old he's just he's somewhat talented again he's not ready for this level yet Mm. and you combine any of them I don't think one can compensate for the downfall of the other as much as you've got the more experienced the less experienced the more physical less physical options and you don't have a specific number six. Muzrati is a very good ball-winning midfielder, but he does like to get advanced. He does like to make things happen in the other side. And Salazar is a lot more of a defensive eight, more of a 10 in um, phases of the game. Even if they play with Vitor Carvalho, he's a very on-and-off player. Uh, it was seen at Chilvicent where he was at, at last. 
And it's just not that sort of quality that one can handle with runs from the players in midfield as well. That can create that off balance and outnumber the Braga midfield, which will probably mean one of the centre-backs will have to step out. And once that happens, there's just not that protection in the beginning. So it's just that that dynamic um, front line of Real Madrid, which they can create, I don't think that Braga have the personnel just to deal with it. And the 4-3-3 feels like it could be a little bit more fixed than the diamond. Yeah. Um, I think every team at this point knows uh, Real Madrid's weakness, especially in La Liga. Uh, it's that we just can't handle any sort of crossing. And we're very weak at defending aerial balls as well with our centre-backs. Um, so do you think that's something that Raha are going to be concentrating for this reverse fixture? I would say so. Um, Simon Banza in the in the last game uh, managed to score a hat trick. Uh, Braga won six one. It was a very convincing performance. Portimonians just uh, don't look like their usual selves. They're usually quite a stubborn team to play against. And um, yeah, they played with the fullbacks uh, Vitor Gomez and Christian Borja. Look, they're not world beaters, but they do have a decent cross on them. Um, Alvaro Jalo. We've seen what he did in the in the home leg. He's been on fire. He's apparently been linked to Athletic Bilbao, wow. which I'm not too surprised with, to be honest. He's Spanish origin, as we've spoken about. Very, very, very unpredictable player. And he can provide a decent ball. So I wouldn't be too surprised if that was Braga's sort of angle for the game. Try and hit on the counter-attack and target Banza, because... Um, he, he has showed he has a lot of goals in him. He does have his off phases, but he's very much on at the moment. So I think if there is a goal to come from Braga in this game, it would come through across to Banza. So from what you're saying, I feel like uh, there's going to be no changes from the first fixture and it's going to be the same starting lineup. I don't believe they'll change too much, no. Uh, potentially, I, I believe it will still be Al Musrati and Vitor Carvalho in the midfield. Um, I'd assume they'll keep the same front four from the game against Portimonians at least, which is Porta, Bruma, Alvaro Jalo and Banza. The back four is probably where you could see more variation. They've been switching and changing between in the last games, but I wouldn't expect to see too much different from maybe Gomez, Niacate, Fonte and left-back is maybe anyone's guess, but Probably Barca for his crossing ability. Mm-hmm. And obviously Matilda in goal. I wouldn't expect too many changes. Maybe at max two. Right. Oh, Kevin, actually, I, have, I, I was going to ask you, like, you know, because when you were talking about the crossing and all that, like, there, because, like, actually, I, I kind of got, you know, the highlight of the 6-1 victory they had, you know, over the weekend, like, they came back from 1-0 down. And one thing, actually, that stood out to me, like, and the reason was because, like, it's actually similar to go this call, you know, uh, against us at home as well as that. When, actually, the full-backs attack, Rather than cross, they look to bring the ball in into the central spaces for like you know the three attackers. It seems like there's always three attackers in the box for some weird reason. I don't know why. But like they rather than cross, they like kind of make a cutback, but not necessarily a cutback. You know, it's more of like you know a direct pass into the box for someone you know to just come onto and you know score. I don't know. Like maybe you can just take us through you know what the attacking phase of you know Braha looks like because like it seems like uh, rather than cross, like the the fullbacks are really really interested in cutbacks and you know finding someone in the central spaces. Yeah, they'll, they'll often do that, but that that's mainly because 
uh, they played with Bruma and Jalo, uh, Jalo on the right and Bruma on the left. Sometimes they'll change over and those sort of dynamics will change. But it's basically because they're very good at attacking the uh, coming inside. They've obviously got very good dribbling ability. And at the moment, they're more productive than either of them have ever been in their careers, really. They're in the hottest phase. So, And considering Borja is somewhat limited with the ball, uh, Gomez depends on his day, to be honest. I think um, Jorge was looking more at uh, trying to limit their weaknesses with the ball and try and give them more basic passes to play and just let the, um, the more technical players do their job. So, what we could see more of, as you kind of alluded to, is those early crosses coming in. So maybe Borja being a little, not exactly in line with the penalty box on the flank, but a little bit more reserved, and then whipping those crosses into Banz in the middle. And uh, maybe getting Horta a little bit more into central spaces, because he's far and away the best finisher at, at Braga maybe the best finisher in the league just because he can get the ball in he can fire away the shot with very little preparation it's a very easy shot he strikes the ball very well so it kind of depends on what Braga will try and fully make the most of because they could play Abel Huij which is trying to facilitate more winning the ball up the pitch which I do doubt because one he brings a better effect off of the bench, especially in a big game where they're not going to expect to have too much of the ball and they don't have the luxury of pressing high as much. And um, they could play Marin because he's a little bit better on the ball and that would bring more of a sign that they are tr trying to play that game in between the spaces. But overall, I would expect them, the fullbacks to stay a little bit wider in this game. One, just because they can whip those balls in earlier and it doesn't mean they didn't need to attack the byline as much or come inside and leave probably what will be Vinicius and Rodrigo more exposed to then attack the spaces that they leave. And it's, it's a little bit more of a conservative approach. It's probably the most effective where if the cross goes out of bounds, they'll have at least harder then to try and pick up the pieces as well. Right. And it just seems the it just seems the more sensible approach. But I wouldn't be surprised if later on during the game, if Braga need to look for a victory, maybe if we're around the 60th minute, it's only one or two goals difference, which is what they'll be hoping for. They'll try and limit the damage in the first half more realistically. I wouldn't be surprised if they do move those fullbacks into more interior areas and just let Bruma and Jalo do what they want with creative license. Lose the ball if they have to, but try and make that magic happen and then attack the ball or attack the box in greater numbers. Yeah, I, don't. I just wish, you know, uh, Carlo Ancelotti was listening to the last five minutes because he's been horribly known to like not prepare for these smaller type of games and just come underprepared. <laughs> but yeah, man, Kevin, you gave like a really good summary on what can we expect for the side of things uh, and before we head into the real Madrid lineups uh, let's just read a couple of comments so Iraqi time asks uh, do you guys think Jude is a replacement to Benzema or would you give him some would you still give him some progress Farouk you can take it uh, you think 
Apple and oranges, man. Apple and oranges, honestly. Like, I keep saying this, like, it's Jude is not a striker, you know, like, whatever anyone wants to say, let them say to me, I don't believe Jude is someone that can get to 25, 30 goals every year consistently. I don't think that is the case. No. Whatever anyone wants to say, let them say to me, you know, so that's the thing, like, he hasn't shown this ever, ever in his career. And the point is this, even this is happening now because he's been placed in a system where the system maximizes, you know, uh, his abilities, you know, but the, also the point is, Next summer, you go to the market and get a striker, you know. So, like, the issue of Jude being a replacement for Benzema is just the issue of, you know, Carlo Ancelotti using what he has to, you know. Like, he has lemons, he's making lemonades, you know. That's just the thing where, like, Jude is not even, you know, close or not even being in discussion of being a replacement for Karim, at least in my opinion. Yep. And yeah, I definitely agree with Farouk, you know, when he says that uh, Bellingham isn't, like, like for like replacement because i think uh with benzema you also have to keep in mind that it isn't just the goals it was also about like benzema being the system in himself you know without benzema and with benzema we already saw how real madrid was last season so i guess this that's something that's again you know popping up this season because what we have stressed upon you know in the podcast past that is the fact that we need people to be combining around the box and i think vinicius and rodrigo are struggling because of that because you know there's nobody to combine with without benzema so Bellingham, while he's getting the goals, he's not getting the combination down, I think, to unlock the defenses sometimes. So that's probably something that I really want to see how Ancelotti deals with. Yeah, indeed. The next comment is indeed about Ancelotti. In a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> so Prince Arthur, uh, big up your pick, Prince Arthur. So he says, Ancelotti's stubbornness is what will be our undoing. Uh, playing regulars all the time is not going to work. Jude can't play 65 games a year. In fact, no one can. Mix it up, rest the regulars. So, more like you can take this question. Do you, do you, who do you think needs the most rest uh, from our starting lineup? I, I think uh, while I generally tend to agree with what the sentiment of the thing was, like the, of the comment was, but we have to give credit to Ancelotti because this season we have seen at least some rotations in the positions that he has had options. You know, there's been some changes in the midfield, he's like rotated Cruz and Modric. Uh, for, uh, for, about Fede, we all, all always knew, you know, the fact that this guy is going to be undroppable for Ancelotti. And let's be honest, like, if Fede is in the prime of his career, so you really do expect him to be there for all the big games. So, and Real Madrid right now, the, the, the way the league is structured, I don't really think we have any less important games that we can afford to, you know, be dropping points or, you know, not go full strength. So, uh, for me, and, you know, even, even in the tack, he's probably tried to switch Jose Lu and Rodrigo around, you know, as ever since Vinicius has come back. So I, I wouldn't really blame him too much. It's just like, you know, it's just the, the, the uh, to use uh, Farouk's thing. He's trying to make a lemonade with the lemons that he's been given. So, you know, yeah. you just take what happens. Yeah, it's just that sometimes the lemonade is salty, you know. Yeah. He, nobody gave him the sugar, you know, because Farouk ate all of it. So. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing when he decided to get into this business with these people. So yeah, so face the consequence. I mean, the only reason why Carlo is still in the job is because he's the only person who wouldn't make a fuss about this. This is just a thing, you know. At least I believe one of the key reasons these days is this. If there is any other manager after yesterday, he will for sure bring it. Okay, yeah. We have 20 shots, only five on target. Do you think this is happening with the striker? This is the thing. Like I mean. <laughs> Well, Carlo will just play it cool, like he's the only person who's going to do this. And I think that's one of, okay, not the only, but one of the reasons why he's still in the job to do it. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, let's uh, get into the Real Madrid side of things. Uh, so uh, Mo, first of all, like you're going to have to set the lineup for us. Is it going to be a 
diamond or a 433 what do you think what does he got yeah I, like like i said previously i think it's definitely going to be a diamond for me the only doubt is uh, who plays at left back because i think uh, kepa the rest of the like remaining 10 i think sort of like pick them, oh, no sorry nine players pick themselves jude is the one that i have a doubt on because i don't really know if he'll be fit enough to play and uh, the, you know the left back as i said i don't really know if it's going to be fran garcia or if mendy's fit enough to play or maybe you know I think it's going to be between those two guys. Apart from that, I think Carvajal, Rudiger, Alaba is like they pick themselves up. Maybe Ancelotti decides to, you know, throw the curveball and play Nacho. So we don't really know about that. But then in the midfield, I think it's going to be Kamavinga and Tony Cruz is absolutely starting because he was wrestled in the midweek. Uh, Fede is undroppable. At 10, I think I think if Jude is not playing, he'll go with Rodrigo and then also with Vinicius up front. Oh, wow. So Rodrigo at the 10. Uh, so far, yeah, that, that's, what, that's what I think. Yeah, do you actually think Rodrigo as a ten will work out better than him as a striker? Faruk, I was asking you. <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad, my bad, my yeah, bad. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, like right now, the one thing we've seen for sure is that you know Rodrigo needs a change of position. You know, a bit of familiarity of you know what he do he does before. And you know, as more was saying before, you know, like even Gordo Carlo said that even. By the ITS, you could see that like, you know Rodrigo was someone who loved to drift into those central areas. But the thing, the key thing now was that he was drifting into the center areas to link up with someone you know who was at, at the top of the, at, you know, at the top of the formation. So now that lacking of that person is what leads to you know a lot of his issues. Although he still doesn't score the chances that he gets, but I think you know him playing as a ten will bring those familiarities back. At least he will have you know a big man, although a very limited, very very limited big man in Osiru to at least you know link up with and, you know, get a sense of familiarity, right? But if you ask me personally, I would want him to play in a 4-3 at least so, because I think that's a more comfortable zone for him than, than a 10 ball, yeah? As, you know, Mo said, like, the diamond is here to stay either. We see, we love it or we hate it, it's going to be what it is. Yeah, so we're all saying Jose is going to start Rodrigo as well, Rodrigo as a 10. So in that case, uh, do you actually think... Uh, for left back, they're gonna be able to survive with Fran Garcia because if Jose is playing, uh, Fran Garcia's crosses are gonna be kind of valuable. What do you think, Mo? Oh, for for me, the th- for for me, the thing about Fran Garcia, is like I already talked about it yesterday, right? I think he struggles in close spaces. Like I'm a big Fran Garcia fan, but you know, I'm like I I, I have like a little bit of intelligence to understand the fact that what his limitations are. And his limitations have been on display, like throughout the seasons in the start of it. Uh, for me, Fran is going to struggle in close spaces, and I think that's the biggest issue that we're going to face with uh, any team we face. And I think at the Bernabeu, teams aren't going to be as adventurous as they have been previously. So Fran needs space to show his stuff. I don't really think he's going to get that. So you know, I don't, I don't really see that much of an impact if Fran starts or follow Mendy starts because. Mendy is not even Mendy is not good in close spaces either, so we just have to you know use whoever plays and hope for the best. Yeah, I guess that pretty much wraps up you know our thoughts for the lineup. But uh, Kevin, I did want to get your thoughts on this. So I saw this conversation from a Barca fan. So he was talking about how Camavinga is our star player and Valverde is just not it. And then he, he was just mentioning that, well, but it's just a racehorse. He can just run, do nothing else and whatnot. Do you actually, from an expert, external uh, fan perspective, do you actually think the same? Do you think Camavinga has more to offer than Valverde? Uh, I think Camavinga is a more useful player in the fact that um, 
look, he can play the left-back role, who, which is apparently a little bit of a problem now as well. I haven't seen too much of it, but uh, I've by what people who have watched Real Madrid, they've, it's all been a consensus that there are certain games where Mendy and Garcia just don't work, and you need a player that can offer a little bit more in short spaces, can come inside of a little bit more ease, and obviously he supports the midfield in a different fact in a completely different way, naturally. Uh, and obviously he's just such a good player. He looks like he's played there all his life. And he's only a teenager anyway. And he doesn't he's never played there before getting to Real Madrid. But saying Valverde is just a race horse is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> let's let's be honest. Uh the way that he, he draws with the ball it's not it's not a factor of being a racehorse. It's a very useful aspect in today's game. Especially when you have technical midfielders like Kuz, like Modric, who they can carry the ball forward with some ease, but the way that Valverde can just power forward attacks and the, the way that he can play on the right as well, he can offer a very different impact on that right-hand side, where obviously Rodrigo will be a little bit more of a technical player. I'm um, I believe they're obviously two of the most important players in that team, especially when you look at the future. Mm. And it's... Real Madrid just have a luxury of riches in, in the midfield positions, which almost makes me question how is the left-back position neglected like that, when obviously you had the best left-back in the world for goodness how many years. And apparently you've done the same with the striker position because now it's hustle. Yep. Man, hit us right where in the fields uh, where it hurts. But yeah, yeah uh, I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry. <laughs> we we are looking at uh, left back, so I'm not sure about the striker yet. Um, but at left back, apparently we're looking into signing Alfonso Davies next season. That would that would resolve a lot of issues. Yeah. If it didn't come, maybe what might be a season late. Who knows? But I think. As long as you've got the other options in midfield, Kamavinga should be able to do that left-back spot when needed. It's obviously the striker position. Bellingham is not going to score more than a goal a game. Uh, he's not going to maintain that record for the whole season. Yep. He's just never done it. You can't rely on him for it, as Farouk obviously said. It's unrealistic. It's just bad, bad squad planning. And look, even the best club in the world can plan badly. <laughs> the one the one problem is it's the biggest club in the world so it's going to look like the end of the world and obviously it's not the same luxury as any other club the the level has to be as high as the club so right. for okay. what looks like an, as an outsider it looks like it's not the end of the world but it shouldn't be happening exactly I think you pretty much summarised a whole season and the feelings that every single Real Madrid fan had but yeah, man, uh, I guess that's that's it for the lineups. So let's head right into the predictions and wrap this up, you know. And let's go with you, Kevin, first. Uh, what do you think the scoreline is going to be? If I'm being realistic, I f- would say 3-1 or 4-1. But I want to be a little bit optimistic. I'm going to go for 3-2. Excited 3-2. game. But Braga can do it. They've got enough attacking power if they want. If they're on their day. They can make it a little bit of a tighter game than Real Madrid fans were wanting. But I just see Real Madrid coming with a, a bit of a reaction that's going to be wanted. And look, end of the day, the realities of the clubs are very different. 
and it'd still be a result that is more than Braga fans would dream and Camadrid fans would just be happy with the win at the end of the day and scoring three goals when you don't necessarily have a striker hey you, you could have a lot worse yeah yeah that, that's actually a very good <laughs> prediction for us what about you Farouk what do you think <laughs> Uh, I think it's going to be similar to the first leg of 2 1 victory for Real Madrid. Yeah, who do you think is going to score if Jude is not there? You know? not, nothing too fancy. Yeah, I mean, there was Real Madrid before Jude, there will be Real Madrid after Jude as well. Like, I mean, Vinicius has been doing this for the past two years, so I wouldn't, you know, bet him on. I think we can see a goal from Vini and Lucido as well if uh, Jude is not there. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I think uh, I'm uh, like oscillating between two one and three two because th both of them are appealing to me. You know, the fact that we'd be at the Bernabeu with spaces open behind us, that the PSG forward line of Braga can you know exploit. So probably two one or three two, but I do expect Jose Lu and Rodrigo to get a goal each at least. A goal each, wow! Rodrigo. Wow. Yeah, I, th I think we're definitely going to see a reaction from Rodrigo. There's been a lot of criticism over the weekend, especially. So there's going to be a reaction, oh, okay. I think. Okay, I hope so. I hope so for his sake. I hope so, honestly, because I, I predicted him to have a good season this year, but it doesn't seem like it's happening. I don't know. I, I think it's something mental. Or I don't know. No, I mean, it's the Champions League. Rodrigo always shows up in the Champions League. So. Mm, that's yeah. very true. I hope, I hope. Because I feel like, you know, yeah. Actually, that was what I thought, like, you know, once he scored that goal, like, you, he was going to go on a run, but then, you know, still, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, exactly. I feel like he has this striker's block. One goal and two goals, and then you know he's just gonna go on a tear, and no one can stop him. Yeah, well, I think I think we need, we need to remember what Cristiano and Chouamini said. You know, goals are like ketchup once they start flowing. Chouamini used to say that. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, he, he said that after he scored his first goal against Girona. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, and and the man is in you know he, he, he's in the hospital right now with the doctors. <laughs> it's flowing indeed. <laughs> Yeah, no, but the ketchup is just getting loosened, you know. Come January, we'll go, yeah. we're going to see it all drop. You just have to force it a little bit, you know, loosen it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, I'm going to go for a 1-0 just because our defense is, like, looking incredibly good. And I feel like they're going to be switched on for the home game. So. But Jacob, oh, we've been struggling, you know, defensively in the Champions League. Two oh, goals man. against Napoli, one goal against Brian. It's a home game. I feel like the players are going to be switched on. Hopefully. Let's see. Yeah, but I'm not too confident about that. And with your smile, uh, uh, Mo, I know that you don't think that's going to happen too. No, no. For me, the funny thing was like you had to put a prayer after it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Uh, do, you have, do you guys have any more thoughts, anything to add to the game before we wrap things up? I guess that's it for my end. Yeah, that's it, Farouk. Kevin, any thoughts? Yeah. No, the, that's about it. I mean... It's two two teams with very different expectations. So, yeah, at, at the end of the day, Real Madrid fans, they would have a right to be somewhat ignorant about it because it's it's not Sporting Porto or Benfica. But 20 years ago, Braga were fighting for relegation. Now they have the same... The, yeah, they have the PSG owners with a little bit of a stake in their club. They're ever more present fighting for third place, even second place sometimes. Hey, who knows? It's uh, you guys are owned by the oil money as well. But Braga is, yeah. They've got a it, th their PSG owners have a little bit of of their club. Okay. Right. So 
you guys have no I, enemies from today on. I don't know if our fans know about this. The Chelsea owners wanted to buy a stake in a few Portuguese clubs. Evra has a stake in one of the Portuguese clubs. Uh, Roberto Carlos has in one of the Portuguese clubs. Everyone wants a piece of the Portuguese. I, I, think I don't Marcelo know why. Does. I think even Marcelo has. Yeah, Marce Marcelo does. Yeah, yeah. Tondela, I think. Yeah. Yeah, even second division clubs are getting a bit of the action. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's just a show the different realities and what the Champions League can can throw about. Who knows? Maybe it'll be the same story for Real Madrid. Maybe Braga pull off an upset and look, I don't think anyone, anyone expects it, but if there's a, a year that you will expect something like it, it'll be this one because you've got a lot of obscure clubs with history and making their first appearance that are coming into this one. So bring it on. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, Kevin, actually, me and my guys, we're looking to invest in a football club, so we're going to check out Portugal. Don't worry. Maybe we will own one of the clubs. Yeah, <laughs> and Paris, we're going to make sure, you know, the first signing is awesome. And so. Hey, the one, <laughs> one thing that I can say about Portuguese football is that it is never boring. So I wouldn't expect, even if it is 1-0, like Jacob said, don't expect a boring 50% possession, pass around the back, slow tempo. I don't I wouldn't expect it that for 90 minutes at all. Right. You guys can still hear me, right? I'm seeing some issues with my internet thing. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Fine. Okay. Clear and loud, man. Right. Uh, I'm gonna wrap this up uh, just because of my internet as well. So yeah, thanks for all of you guys still tuning in. Um, it's been a pleasure having you in the comments and if you haven't uh, checked out Kevin's channel yet uh, all the links are down in the description below do check him out he has obviously some awesome content on Portuguese football you can learn more about oil money investment in Portugal as well so do, <laughs> do, do check these guys out <laughs> and last but not the least uh, also check out our Instagram and our YouTube shorts you know because we have uh, we're going to push out all of the home content and the fan camps and whatnot. So give Sid some love, leave a, a few likes and some comments. Let us know what you think. And also we'd like to thank our uh, partners over at Real Madrid Committee for all of the awesome support that they give us. And, you know, before we gently go, Kevin, we shout out Hala Madrid. Uh, feel free to join in as well. Not Hala Madrid, if you want. You can see, uh, say whatever comes to your mind. Yeah. So I guess Mo and Farouk, let's go. And he's left. And he's back. And he's back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> so, Jacob, is it still live? Yeah, yeah, it's still live. Okay, cool. No, okay. maybe finish, finish wrapping it up then. Uh, how long did I uh, was I away uh, for a bit? Of just a second. Seconds. Seconds. Okay, that's not too bad. All right, let's just go. I'm gonna kick it off by saying, "Hala Madrid." Hala Madrid. Hala Madrid. Kevin, you're not going to say anything? Nothing? <laughs> I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. <laughs> all right, I don't all want right. my friends to get mad. I don't want the Portuguese community to get mad. I'm... Hey, I didn't say anything against it. <laughs>
So what 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 does the general uh, Braga fan say? Uh, Forza Braga. What, what what do they say? Forza Braga. Yeah. Forza Braga. That's what they'd say. I'm not going to say it either because my sporting my sporting illusion will not me. It won't let me. I can't. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Yeah, that's that's why I wrote this on not a Braga shirt. <laughs> <laughs> right, there you go, it folks. Uh, uh, do catch us for the post match as well. Uh, Kevin, you're going to be on for that. Uh, potentially, yeah, we can organize that. Yeah, let's talk about it. Right. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.